welcome back to Word Up with Danny Katz. I am your host, Danny Katz. I am an author, journalist, and a quantum languaging coach and consultant. What that means is that I teach people how language programs consciousness, how language programs reality at large, and how to transform reality and evolve our consciousness with language. I've also been known to cultivate and share an opinion or two or 12 about culture and consciousness and how they are evolving, devolving, and being manipulated by the powers that were. Here at Word Up, we are devoted to fostering critical thinking while supporting you in becoming your most authentic, empowered, liberated, realized, amazing version of yourself. Our every show aims to expand your consciousness, raise your frequency, sharpen your critical thinking skills, and make you giggle. (laughs) And think. Given the radical uptick in censorship over the past few years, combined with the complete co-opting slash decimation of my own personal industry, journalism, I started Word Up to have a free speech-friendly platform in which to engage exploratory, solutions-based conversations with visionaries, mystics, original thinkers, and rebel badasses who are helping to make the world more wonderful. The first half of my interviews run between 30 to 90 minutes and are always posted here for free public listening. The second halves are reserved for paid supporters on my Patreon and my Locals platforms, where for as little as $5 a month, you can access all of my second half conversations along with oodles of other bonus content and opportunities to drop in with me, to drop in with our High Vibe tribe, and lots of other awesome things. In addition to interviews, Word Up also features quantum languaging upgrades, planetary service announcements, and propaganda analysis, which I call Spot the Propaganda. Thank you so much for tuning in and for sharing your sacred attention with me and our high vibe tribe of change makers. Be sure to click that subscribe button so you can stay abreast of our every episode. Thank you for also clicking the like button, for sharing far and wide, and for leaving some kind words as a review as you are authentically inspired. As well, if you are gleaning any value whatsoever from these shows, consider supporting me on Locals and or Patreon. And as you are wanting to learn more about my quantum languaging coaching and consulting services or nab copies of my books, find me on dannycats.com as well as on quantumlanguaging.com. Okay, I think that's it for our housekeeping. Buckle up and prepare to enjoy this episode of Word Up with Danny Katz. The eclipse itself was pretty chill, um, but, you know, a lot of things around that are going on. Um, I know Pluto also was retrograde for a lot of this year and went direct this week. Um, And so it felt like there's just a lot of transitioning going on. And I feel like that's sort of my, like, easeful way of describing, like, people are just exiting, like, like, you know, people are 
having big transitions in their lives or they're, they're choosing to move on to another realm and dying. So um, we're just having a lot of ups and downs and um, transitions that are just part of this whole like death and rebirth portal that we seem to be in right now. And I'm sort of energetically exhausted. <laughs> I don't know about anyone else that might be listening, but it's, it's just been a lot this year. It feels like a lot of change and transformation, but also, um, you know, just, can we get a break? Can, can the eclipses, can the planets just take a nap where we can just lay down and, you know, for a few weeks and integrate without like the next major thing happening. So Did you yes. feel like, was it palpable to you when Pluto went direct? Like, were, did you feel a shift? I didn't feel one like in, in an embodied sense, but what I did witness was a lot of just sort of news coming up, you know, in our personal reality of family members or friends that were having like big shifts you know, either physically um, having some kind of health issues um, or um, emotionally like dealing with a lot of like turmoil in their relationships and things like that. Um, thankfully, I've put a lot of a lot, a lot of work into creating like a peaceful bubble for myself. And so um, it's kind of been you know, outside of me, it's all been around me. And I know it's sort of people having a lot of initiations that are going to bring them into a deeper state of consciousness. But I feel like for myself, it's, you know, always kind of a, um, an initiation personally of being able to witness what's going on around me and outside of me without getting entangled in it. And it can be really tough when it's friends who are, you know, needing to vent or family members who are having issues and you, you know, you want to feel for them, but also not take that on personally where you're feeling that sadness and then kind of wondering like, what is this? This isn't mine. Um, so navigating that, you know, the empathy, but neutral compassionate detachment is, you know, quite a dance right now for sure. Yeah. It's interesting that you say that because that came up for me this week as well. And I had, so Pluto hit my son exact in March. So I'd been in this Pluto cycle, like this very conscious on the nose dance with darkness, like there's no getting out of it. Um, and I had, you know, now it's in Capricorn again, but I'm just waiting till January where it's like, eek, it's going to happen again. But I felt this big lift. Um, mm when it went direct. And I felt, um, personally, I felt freed up from some like more negative reactions. Like I've, it's, mm -hmm. since it's shifted, I feel way more neutral and like, oh, neutrality is super fun. And I see all these situations where like, I could get pissed and I'm like, no, neutrality is more fun. Let's just like hang out in neutrality. So there's a little bit of a gift that I'm getting, but I did notice in terms of like hearing friends ven and I know everyone's going through it um of like putting up a boundary where it's like my ear is not your trash can and like I love you and you can choose to grow or not but like I'm not an ear for all your complaints and like why you're the biggest victim like we're we've hit the wall on me being a compassionate ear for this 
Um, so that felt like it shifted a lot of other things by speaking to that in the past few days. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's interesting you say that because I have a very similar um, experience myself of having to hold boundaries with, um, with friends who just are in a kind of reality in a situation that they don't really want to change. Um, so just like you said, having to say, okay, this is, I, I have to draw this boundary and it can be painful. How do you say it? Like, what is your approach? Cause it definitely feels like an edge for me these days of like, I don't want to control other people, but I also don't want to enable, um, behavior that I can see that isn't serving them, but that's also my judgment, you know? So how do you handle that? Um, you know, with as much grace as I can muster, um, you know, it's, I think being really honest in the moment right now is so important. Um, and being able to really just say what's on your heart straight up, like not beat around the bush and not beat around, you know, their kind of potentially fragile, you know, emotional state, just say it like it is. And, um, you know, no, trust that, like you said, it's going to, it's going to free up areas in other ways that are, you know, plugged up because of that gunk that that relationship's bringing in and holding right now. Yeah, totally. Totally. So, um, around the eclipse, like, have you noticed any new like superhero powers coming online, any glitches in the matrix or the timelines, like, from your witchy perspective, how are you experiencing this? Well, I will say, you know, and I'm not a big fan of, of uh, dualistic language, as I know you have definitely supported me in before. Um, but I have noticed that there is, uh, there are a lot of realities and timelines like available right now, right? So there is like a timeline you can be very in and focused on that's, um, you know, destruction, um, violence, sadness, grief. Um, and there are other timelines available. There is like a very peaceful, easeful timeline available. Um, there is sort of a blending of the two where you, um, you know, you kind of are like looking at, at a snow globe, like looking at that destruction and chaos, but not really a part of it. Um, and then sort of like ranging all around in between the, all of those. So, um, you know, I think it's, it's becoming more clear to me that there are so many realities available and that we have the, we have the power to choose what we want to play and what we want to dabble in right now. Um, but, you know, I'm witnessing that there is so much you know, I don't know how to say it, but sort of trauma addiction that a lot of people have that sort of keeps them, even though they are not experiencing personally in their personal reality, um, destructive experiences, they're projecting that out. They're choosing to like share this really intensely violent news piece or share about, and I'm, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with this at all 
um, you know, it's choice. It's all choice right now. So, um, yeah. Yeah, it's interesting the timing of the eclipse and all this crazy astrology and then distraction of the week, the year, the season, like whatever it is, like happening at the same time. And, and it has been interesting, like this past week, so many people have reached out and they're like, are you okay? And I'm like, of course I'm okay. I live in New Mexico. Like everything's fine. Like it's, it's so odd how, and I like how you said trauma addiction. It, it's interesting to see people like cling on to that and yeah, this, this, I feel like whatever this one is, is interesting because I see the people who I follow online, who I respect, who have the past few years been like very vocal and very forceful. There seems to be this through line of like, we don't really know what's going on. Like, how about we just all like take a step back? We don't have to take sides. We don't have to really get into this. So it's interesting to see like the through line and who's making that choice. And then the people who hadn't really been that into the the politics or the civil liberties grabs seem like really into this one. And it's just like, I'm just, I'm just observing. I'm, my timeline's really nice right now. <laughs> yeah. I mean, isn't it, a, isn't it, you know, on the one hand, like, isn't it kind of genius if you want to create like basically mass misery around the planet, let's, not only have war drama, but let's really focus on women and children. You know, let's really focus on like the things that are going to end that will tap into anyone anywhere. Um, you know, the things that you almost like you can't look away from. And I think of it also as like this spiritual or like moral superiority, right? It's like I have by looking at it, by like grieving for it, by by watching it, by being involved, I am doing my part. It's like, is that if, if the, if the part that you're trying to enable is, is amplifying these kind of energies, great job. But right. I also wonder if, you know, doing our part is, is really, really, really embodying peace. And like you said, neutrality through all of this. Um, yeah. And, and amplifying that as an, another available reality. Totally. And I think, I mean, it's like when it comes to the Middle East in general, I don't claim to know what's going on. When it comes to what's going on right now, there's no way I'm going to trust the media. You know, I've called It's like, unless I hear on the ground, I don't really know. But I have noticed like, you know, people in my group coaching community, you know, were pretty upset about it. And I, you know, we play the cards we're dealt. Like, I'm a trickster. Like, I'm okay with it at this point. And I'm like, cool, were you that upset about Syria, about Lebanon? Like, have these things been bothering you just as much? Or is it just what the news is telling you you should be upset about? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And again, just all the angles that I feel like are really genius, you know, to hook up into our field energetically. Like, if it's you know, I mean, there's, I mean, what about Africa? You know, I mean, what, there's all kinds of, all kinds of crazy things going on there all the time, like terrorist attacks. And, you know, I mean, it's just like, whenever, like you said, whenever the mass media is focusing on something, it's always like, what is the point of this specifically? Like, why is it this area that we're focusing on? And again, you know, I, I, I approach all of these topics with like, 
a ton of compassion and understanding that, you know, this is the reality playing out for groups of people on this planet. And it's, you know, we can, we can label it however we want. It's really sad. It's horrifying. It's traumatic. I also though, in, in my own personal neutrality, you know, wonder what kind of karma is playing out right now? You know, I have no idea. I can't claim to judge um, any, I mean, if, if one were to believe that you have soul contracts that you're born into and that you agree to as a soul, um, you know, what kind of karma is playing out for these people? And I, I don't know. I mean, I just know what the news is telling me. Um, and it's, again, it, 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 this is just, again, I, I, I have so much compassion and I also say to myself, like, this is how I can create neutrality in myself is just at least saying there is karma playing out right now. And that is okay as well. That's beautiful as well. If, if a soul has chosen this incarnation to have certain experiences. Yeah, I agree. I mean, for there's so many I don't claim to understand this one. I know when the Russell Brand thing came out, it was like the UN was meeting and they were doing their like peace and safety op. So for me, I'm always like, well, what don't they want us to be looking at while they're doing this thing? What I'm really like, the only thing about this that really interests me is like, what is really going on in Israel, Jerusalem, as far as the land, as far as the stargates, like, what is really happening there beyond oil, behind military, like that has people so attached to this land? Do you know that? Like, what's your take? Well, it's interesting you bring that up because I have been uh, seeing it coming into my field different evidence that there are really powerful stargates um, in the Middle East. But also what I've... Um, come to know over the years is that there is a very potent pocket of of goddess and especially divine mother energy in these areas so like throughout kind of israel and that whole like arabian peninsula as well um and so that's why i think it's like the violence against women is perpetrated there and 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 highlighted there so much because um it it lends to this whole like inversion you know, like death spiral, you know, where this is like, this should be if left to its own energetic devices, this would be a really beautiful portal and like sort of fountain of divine feminine life at life giving energy. Instead, it's like, in the inversion field, we see these, it's like used as a, you know, a death portal. And, um, you know, if you look at pictures, and you or look at drawings, artist depictions of what those ancient cities across the Middle East looked like. I mean, even Syria before it was bombed crazily. I mean, these were thriving meccas of, you know, of extremely advanced technologies and also permaculture. You know, you see lots of thriving wildlife and plants as well. Um, so I think we're, we're right now, it's like we're, we're, we're having like the mass attention of the world focus on, you know, amplifying and kind of projecting into this, like, you know, descending vortex of energy. Have you been to the Middle East? Have you, been, have you felt the energies for yourself? 
I haven't. Um, and, you know, I think that kind of lends to, um, you know, growing up, I sort of was coming of age at the time of 9-11. And so at the time when I would have been, you know, thinking about travel there, it was so, you know, like there was so much fear around like traveling to the Middle East, even Egypt, you know, it was like, oh, well, if you go there, you know, you better have a guide. And, you know, there's a lot of like fear and dream. And that's another thing that I wish, you know, I hope really lifts in my lifetime because I would love to go to some of these places like Syria um, and, you know, even, you know, I don't even know if Americans can travel to Palestine, like, you know, that kind of seeing what sort of like the indigenous landholders have that experience there. Um, but no, I haven't been there myself personally this lifetime. I haven't either. I I first got really obsessed in my early 20s. I read this book about um, these researchers who kind of followed Moses's exodus. And I became really obsessed with the land in Saudi Arabia. And I was like, I want to feel that land. And I actually have um, a giant map of the Middle East on my wall that I just study. And I don't even know why I'm doing it, but I just stare at it. And I'm like, there's something there. And what I would love, I, I dream of like getting my favorite like conspiracy out there weirdos and getting a boat and just like sailing the Iberian Peninsula and like docking and exploring and coming back to the boat and comparing notes. And then I dream like there's got to be a way to like, like there's got to be a portal from New Mexico. I'm sure of it in my mind that like takes us to Portugal or takes us to Turkey or like wherever it is. I do have an obsession, but I also know I really don't do well in Muslim countries. Um, and I've tried so many times, but it doesn't. I'm not good at like shutting up or being, you know, all the things like every time I've traveled, if it was like Morocco or Jakarta or like wherever it was, I'm just like, this feels gross. And I just want to like act out and I would probably get myself like shot and killed. <laughs> well, don't underestimate the power of, you know, having a map that you're looking at. That is another grid working technique, you know, where we kind of in a way, we can do it, of course, sleeping, but, you know, actively in our waking life, we can kind of astrally project ourselves. And so if you are witnessing that you're standing in front of a map and anchoring in on a place and kind of feeling your essence there, I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't discount that as some kind of energy work that you're doing on that place as well, like lending your essence and your attention to that area that you're feeling, you know, called to focus on. Oh, that's interesting. Thank you. I love that. Cause I'm like, why am I doing this? Like, why am I obsessed with just like, I'll, it's in my hallway. I'll just sit there and I just stare. And like, I don't have any travel plans. It's nothing like that, but it's just something that I'm really drawn to. So thanks. Yeah, for that. absolutely. I mean, it's, it's, you're, you are there, you know, part of you is kind of there. It's just that, you know, as you mentioned, you know, if physically, it feels challenging to be in a place like that because of your your nature. It is very possible to send yourself there, essentially, like send up, up a part of your essence. I would just, you know, make sure that whenever you are done engaging, that you're calling all of yourself back to yourself and making sure you're not leaving any parts and pieces, you know, out there in, in those in other realms. I appreciate that. <laughs>
what do you know about this inverted reality we're living in? Like, one thing that I wonder is, was it always inverted? Did the inversion come in at some point? And what will this reality be like when we're liberated from the inversion? Like, what's your knowingness of this? Well, in my perspective and my understanding, um, the inverted matrix was something that was put in place a long, long time ago when, um, so I think, you know, probably yourself and a lot of your listeners are familiar with, um, you know, genetic um, experimentation that was going on for humans and things like that um, to create homo sapiens and to create, you know, this kind of race of, of beings that, you know, for different groups, I think had different purposes um, for creating humans and for creating these hominid species. But um, it's my understanding that the inverted matrix was something that was put into place around the time, you know, so, you know, we could call it millions, thousands, however you want to, you know, a long time ago um, to basically create a system that is where entities are able to feed off of it through the, you know, energetic releases that are, so humans are extremely, extremely powerful energetic frequency holders. And so even though it was a small group of beings that created and kind of powered up this matrix, they were able to create a system in, in which it was life-giving for, they were siphoning off life for themselves, um, you know, and creating a reality that was not a thousand, you know, not really sovereign. You know, we kind of have these illusions of choices, um, but the inverted matrix kind of is a framework through which things are like, you know, are limited. So if we had just like the organic templates, it would be like, you know, if you imagine like it would be Nikola Tesla all over the place, it would be unlimited energy. There would be unlimited, you know, like life giving force fields. There would be, I think we would experience much longer um, lifespans because there's many, many races out there in the universe who live to be, you know, individuals live to be four or 500 years old, um, you know, through being able to harness different energetic techniques. Um, and so like that would be available to us as well. Um, and so instead we have, you know, this inverted matrix that is kind of at where everything is sort of inverted and um, it's, basically so that there are it can the energy can be siphoned off so you know i think a lot of like the matrix where you know neo is like in the first one he's like plugged in this little pod and he sees all these other humans around him and the machines are like harnessing the energy of humans like that to me is real it's just that we're not gonna i don't think we're gonna be unplugged and wake up in an alternate reality i think the unplugging comes from ourselves and from within. Um, and, you know, we, what we, re we wake up to the fact that, wow, I'm, my energy is being siphoned off in all these different areas that I'm not necessarily actively choosing. Like a, a part of the subconscious is choosing that through 
trauma through energetic hooks that we've agreed to and um, things like that. But, you know, you're, you're a, hum- a, a person can witness, wow, I actually don't want to make these choices. I want to make these other choices. Yeah. So. I have so many questions. Um, as far as like, because I've heard different theories of this. It's like the greys who are experiment with us and the, like it's the greys who are behind the ice wall and that's why they won't release the JFK assassination files because most people won't be able to handle like what's really going on. Then I've heard it's like the archons, right? So the, allegedly the archons are like, what, a few dimensions away? Like from your sense, like who is siphoning our oh. energy? I personally believe it's, it's um, a few different groups that are working together. Um, so again, from, from what I've understood, the greys are a race of a specific race of, um, beings that come from essentially like a future timeline in which their race has gone extinct. And so they sort of traveled back, you know, even though time is all relative, they've traveled back, um, to recreate basically and restart their own race. So they're the ones that are kind of doing a lot of um, abductions. Um, they're the ones that are doing like, you know, you see like mass animal slaughters. They're like doing a lot of tests and they're trying to figure out how to cre- recreate like a kind of and restart their own species. Yeah. Uh, and again, you know, we think of all these beings as I can think of them all, all under like the service to self heading. Right. So you have like the law of one, the, you know, the you know, the idea that we are all one and that we all serve, you know, there's, there's just, we're all one organism. And then, you know, there's other beings who believe that they are separate. They're outside of that. And so that's kind of all under the service to self being. So there's also um, the archons, which in my understanding um, are sort of astral beings um, that again are, you can label it whatever you want. You could say like demonic energy. You could say, um, you know, um, like uh, different like ghostly entities and things like that. They're going to be um, not necessarily manifesting fully physically in our reality, um, but they are existing on the astral and they are also siphoning off energy. You know, they've they have removed themselves from source energy and actively chosen to become sort of parasitic to you know humans or places or um land areas um things like that and then you also have um the reptilians who um you know i think kind of fall under like the draconian race um and again like with the draconian race you kind of also it's they're not they're not i'm not referring here to like elemental dragons these are a race of beings that have existed for you know a really 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 long time and they were kind of like the you know if you look at like you know um alien or like different movies like that they're like the ones in the dark scary ships that like go around and blow up planets yeah um so they also are present here and they, I think, are the sort of shapeshifters that maybe people see in government. Like I think a lot of 
government officials, higher level government officials are, are, are reptilian. Um, people who are like in presidency, I think have also had reptilian souls. Um, one thing about reptilians that I've heard that's interesting is that when they incarnate into human form, they, they don't have amnesia. So they, they have, they they know who they are and what their missions are from birth. Um, and so they have like kind of been able to circumvent that, you know, amnesic thing that we all sort of feel like we're under when we're here. Um, and then of course, you know, you could go into the um, Anunnaki who I, you know, people have some, you know, people have, it's kind of like a topic where people have like, some people have experiences with Anunnaki that are positive. Some don't. Um, in my understanding, the Anunnaki were, um, in ancient Egypt, like the beings that had, um, you know, bird heads, like different, they were kind of part human, part bird. And in my understanding, the Anunnaki are a race of beings from the Orion system that were sort of like royalty. They were kind of like these, like a, a you know, group of royals that came to earth and were like, oh, we can make these cute humans and we can, we'll be gods and goddesses and they'll revere us. And, um, you know, we'll create these kind of cults where only some people know the truth and worship us. And then some people, you know, everyone else doesn't. Um, so I think, you know, there's, I, you know, to me, men, the movie men in black is a documentary, <laughs> um, which may seem really outlandish for some people, but I just feel like there's there's many different races and they are all working in tangent um, with each other, you know, to um, with the common goal of, you know, keeping the, our earth plane enslaved. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it's so fascinating. I um, a few years ago, I wrote a book for someone who, you know, writing this person's memoir, he, of course, he's sharing his whole life with me, right? And many generations. And he told me on this project that he was half reptilian. And I didn't really think anything of it. And then I did a second writing project for him. And he'd asked me three times to write his blog for him. And the first time I said no, the second time I said no, the third time I said no, all of a sudden my hands stopped working, the bones weren't staying together, the doctors couldn't figure out what was going on. Like I had to tape them like a boxer just to finish the project. And I was like, why would this person put a curse on me while I'm in the middle of their project? And it reminded me, oh right, he told me that he was reptilian and this one piece that's just clicking in now, he is in the process of marrying into a royal family in Europe. And I'm yeah. like, Oh, it's also on the nose. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's the the other interesting piece of this is that when, you know, what we know of this today is Homo sapiens, when we were, you know, when Homo sapiens were being created, all of these factions. So you also have, of course, like Pleiadians, you have Andromedans, you know, other groups, the inner earth um, beings as well. Do so you have all these groups that came together? Um, to create this quote unquote master race. Um, but every group um, lent their genetic information to these this new race. Um, and so we all have 
parts of ourselves that are, you know, they talk about your rep reptile brain. That is a real part of ourselves that we, um, you know, I think in a way it kind of creates these like fail safes where you kind of like, ultimately you're going to, in a way you're going to understand what's been happening or why these things have been happening because it is a part of us, you know, it is, it is, um, a part of a, a part of our genetic material yeah um but that's interesting he, he is a, again it's like reptilians have a lot of awareness of who they are they know um who they are and um yeah the royal family bloodlines are absolutely i mean what i say to people is you just you aren't allowed to incarnate in certain roles if you don't have certain if you don't, if you, if you don't have a certain soul, you know, like only certain souls can literally incarnate into the Royal family. Like only certain souls can incarnate into the Walton family, you know, that owns Walmart. Like you can't like, it. it's very rare that just like, uh, you know, person wins out the lottery and just gets born into like a billionaire Rockefeller family. Like they're, they choose very carefully who, what souls are being, are 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 they're coming in and those souls have had to prove you know for many lifetimes that they are in service to the family and service to that vision and service to self um so that's not it's not by it's not random at all that you you know when we look at even like children of of like very high level celebrities or um politicians like you know, they may look a certain way and present a certain way, but that soul is very specific who that is. Yeah. Do you get a sense of your own soul lineage? And I'm also curious to know, two-part question, like, what do you think it is about you? Because very few people can handle this conversation. Even people in the collective conversations that you and I are sharing, very few can handle this. So what do you think it is about yourself that allows you to stay open to these things and to continue to explore these realms. I just personally, I think I'm very old. <laughs> um, I I have soul memories of being on other planets. Um, I I I think I had a lot many and, and feel I had many incarnations on in Andromeda. Um, and I just feel as though I have been, I have soul memories of experiences of these different groups from, a, a, you know, it, that just are with me. Um, and again, you know, it's, it's, we all have like this kind of point of awakening. Like I think every single planet or every single person who's alive on this planet right now is like the Michael Jordan of something like if you are alive on this planet right now you are michael jordan you are kobe bryant you are like you have hit the jackpot because there are there are untold number of souls who wanted to incarnate during this time specifically and so i think it's just a matter of you know us all going through our individual awakening processes um to remember ourselves who we really are like remember our true essence um you know of course which is really at the end of the day is source you know we are all this one being that we can 
tap into an experience from time to time. Um, but, you know, we're all having these unique experiences as fractals of that oneness. Um, but I believe every single person, if, again, they've chosen in this lifetime to ascend with the planet, the, uh, the realities that are available are allowing for complete unveiling of our true nature. And so, you know, for some people, it can be a physical experience, like they had a near-death experience and they remembered who they were. Um, some women, you know, have um, go to a retreat and they remember walking with Isis, um, you know, in ancient Egypt. Some, you know, people will go to a sacred space or sacred place and remember, wow, like I think I was you know, here before, you know, we have these little like inklings, but, uh, you know, I think part of it also is giving other people permission to believe what they feel, because I think it can also be really unnerving. Like, wait a minute. I was with Jesus when, what? Like, you know, that can be, you know, we're kind of told like, you're nothing special. You don't matter. You're small. And so, you know, when I think people have like these flashbacks or, or even I've had flashbacks of other lifetimes, I'm, you know, it's easier to just dismiss it and be like, I'm crazy. This is imagination. But there's this knowing, right? There's this undeniable feeling in your whole body that says this is truth. Thanks so much for tuning in to this latest episode of Word Up with Danny Katz. I am reminding slash thanking you to and for <laughs> clicking that subscribe button for liking, for sharing, for commenting, and for leaving some kind words as a review as you are authentically inspired. As you are receiving any value from my podcast, as you dig it, as you listen regularly, consider supporting me on Patreon and or Locals, where for as little as $5 a month, you get access to all of my second half podcast interviews, as well as oodles of bonus content. Your support really goes a long way in supporting me as a journalist and an independent content creator navigate her way through a really crunchy time in terms of free speech. And as you are wanting to learn more about my work in the world, my books, my products, my quantum languaging, coaching, and consulting, you can find me at dannycats.com as well as quantumlanguaging.com. And if you're not down with a membership patronage platform and want to send me one-time donation, you can use the Bitcoin link if it actually appears on your podcast listening platform. You could also send me a one-time donation by way of PayPal at dannycats at pm.me or by way of Venmo where my username is Sadie Bloom. Again, your support means the world and makes a massive, massive difference when it comes to continuing to share this work with the world. Thank you for sharing your sacred attention with me. Thank you for remembering that you are omniscopic amazingness and for having a rockin' day. See you next time, superstars. <laughs>